Welcome to the first ever episode of the Deuce Racing Podcast. This is your host, Kimmy Moss, and I am so excited to share this first episode and this podcast with you, which is showcasing what Deuce Racing is all about. And that is sharing the stories and highlighting uh, all the great things that our members are doing, not just in the gym, but outside the gym, testing their skills, putting themselves out there vulnerably. And so very excited to share all of this with you. So today we're kicking it off with a true badass, Justine. She is a neonatal and pediatric intensive care unit RN, a subject matter expert for patients requiring complex home IV cardiac and nutrition therapies. And she's been advocating for the hospital's most vulnerable patient populations to thrive in home settings. Um, Back in January, Justine was asked to take the lead on a pilot program with Health and Human Services for an antibody therapy approved through emergency use authorization for COVID-19 in an effort to support the healthcare crisis being faced right where we are here in Los Angeles, the national epicenter of the pandemic at the time. So what was intended to be a 100 dose trial evolved into successfully infusing nearly 2000 high risk COVID positive patients in their homes, preventing their hospitals hospitalizations and saving their lives. Um, I should add that the pilot ended this month and cases are now under control with vaccines being mass administered. So we've got a grip on this pandemic, hallelujah. And our lovely Justine, who's a 6.30 a.m. regular, was a big part of um, that intervention for LA. Welcome to the first ever Deuce Racing podcast, which uh, is really just about sharing how amazing our members are and what they're doing um, out in the community. So what is Deuce Racing is and has always been our way at Deuce to connect with our community about competing in the world. And big, small fitness, non-fitness related, we just want to know how uh, our members are vulnerably sticking their necks out and testing their skills beyond deuce. Um, that being said, we have the leaf blowers who have come on right on time as we we're starting this podcast. We're really excited to share them. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, but today we have Justine, and thank you so much for being here. The first thing I want to ask is, please say your full name because I actually <laughs> don't know how to pronounce your last name. I don't expect anyone to ever. <laughs> um, so my name is Justine Shrenjelosh. Do you want to spell that for us? Yep. It's S-Z-E-N-D-Z-I-E-L-O-R-Z. Amazing. Like, just like it sounds, right? So that's already <laughs> deuce racing, you know, just like <laughs> just spelling getting out there, name. spelling it. Yes. Okay. So I want everyone to know that um, Justine is a ray of sunshine. You've been with us how long? Thanks. Um, I just joined in like August, September of 2020. Amazing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, not even a year. <laughs> yeah. We're going to celebrate your anniversary I'm later excited. this year, one year. <laughs> Amazing. And Justine is doing uh, some really cool things. She's a nurse. And so today we're just going to talk about um, 
yeah, what, what you're doing. Um, but I want to start with, you know, when you started here and when you usually train and, um, you know, what's your favorite movement so far? Yeah. So what, what class do you usually take? I am a 6.30 a.m. gal. Amazing. God bless waking up early. Yes. (laughs) I love it. I like my heart goes out to the afternoon people. I'm like, I don't know how you do that. (laughs) I'm exhausted. Do you have to go to bed early? When do you go to bed? Um, I'm a granny. I like to go to bed early. I'm in bed by like nine, ten. Amazing. Ten at the latest. You know what? Mm -hmm. Most of us are grandmas and grandpas. It feels good. Don't feel bad. (laughs) I like to wake up early. Totally. And um, what's been, what's your favorite movement? You know, like in workouts or a couple of things like what do you like to see on the whiteboard um i lately have been really into overhead squats we started doing those wow and those have been fun <laughs> that's a complex movement um, i'm impressed okay yeah i think that's why i like it there's a lot to focus on um you definitely have to be present while doing those so that's been fun um I oddly enjoy running. I'm not the fastest runner, but it feels good. Oh, yeah. We can continue this podcast. (laughs) Me too. Like I'll run all day long. I'll be like way behind, but I love it. No. And yeah, I think those are a couple of my favorite movements. I like most of it. There are a few things that I'm working on and don't love yet, but we'll get there. Okay. So like least favorite would be if you see this on the board, you're thinking, oh, man. Pull-ups. Pull-ups and toes to bar, I am working on. They're, they're a struggle. <laughs> you and me both. I'm, I'm right there with you. Amazing. So um, tell us what you do for work, where you work. So I am a nurse. I was a NICU and PICU nurse. So I worked with babies and kids in critical care for like eight years. Wow. And uh, I kind of kept climbing the ladder in that regard. So I was charge nurse, and then I was resource nurse, and then I was a crisis nurse where... I'd run to any emergency in the hospital if there was a child involved and resuscitate them. Um, so I was like an adren- adrenaline junkie, mm. <laughs> which I really enjoyed. Um, and then I kind of hit the ceiling ceiling there. And so I sought out some other opportunities, became um, a subject matter expert for the state of California and Nevada for when patients go home on complex cardiac casual wow so yeah that's what I've been working on lately um and it's interesting during this pandemic I just kept saying to people like I wish there was so much more I can do like everyone I just felt kind of helpless while we're sitting here and like watching this pandemic to take over the world really Mm -hmm. um and not feeling like I'm not doing enough and that's where a lot of people were like, Justine, like, take a seat. Like, you're a nurse. You're doing a lot to help. But it, I truly mean it when I felt, like, very helpless and that I wasn't doing enough. So I kept kind of putting that out there. Like, you know, there's sure, excuse me, there's certainly something more we can do. Yeah. Um, and then. And when and, was that, like, timeline-wise? So probably, like, April of 2020 onward. Okay. I just kept. Like, my mind was reeling. I was like, there's got to be something that can be done. And at this and point, I, you had been in nursing for how many years? Um, it'll be 10 years. Wow. Coming up soon. That's crazy. Wow. Wait. It is 10 years. What month are we <laughs> I graduated like, nursing school I don't school even in know. A new year December. started. Where are we? Okay. January. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And where did you That's go to crazy. nursing school? Arizona State. Wow. Yeah. So... Anyway, so in December of 2020, um, the VP of the company I work for reached out to me and she was like, hey, 
um, Federal Health and Human Services is working on this pilot to um, trial some antibody infusions in COVID-19 positive patients. And they chose six cities across the US, LA being one of them. And so she reached out to me and she was like, hey, do you want to lead that project in LA? And you were like, I was yes. like, I was like, me? <laughs> like, I don't, I've never once in my life been like, ooh, like immunology? Yum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I've, I've worked with kids and babies my whole life. And, um, but this was it. This was the opportunity I was looking for. And it showed up. <laughs> so I took it and it's been a whirlwind. That's really the only word I and have. And this started like less, less than two months ago. Mm-hmm. So, so what does work look like now? Yeah. <laughs> what does a typical day look like? So I, it's just nonstop. Like I'll get up, go to the gym, come home, meditate, and then turn on my computer. And like, I do not move for 12 hours. <laughs> like, wow. It's just been So you like, work from home. Currently, yeah. So there's the complexity of that, of seeing people through a screen as well. Yes. Because they're trying to keep people as safe as possible, which I respect and I'm grateful for. Um but yeah, it's been just crazy having to coordinate all this from mm-hmm. home. Like, I don't know, trying to figure out how to streamline this whole process. So essentially, what it is, um, the therapy is called BAMLANIVAMAB, and is that a, that, not an acronym. It's just <laughs> no, that's just the name of it. So they said you're, we can't use your last name, so let's just make another. No, <laughs> that'll be my last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So they are antibodies, and antibodies to kind of explain what those are. They yeah. Um, identify pathogens such as a virus in Mm -hmm. your system and help your body like they kind of like flag those down so your white blood cells know to attack that pathogen and then get you through whatever illness Um, so in this case for patients who have COVID-19 and have several like comorbidities like whether they're over 65 years of age or obese or have chronic kidney disease or lung disease like any of those things yeah and would you um, say those are those are the top ones yeah, there's like a certain amount of criteria that people need to meet in order to receive these antibodies. Okay. They have to be COVID positive, um, be treated within the first 10 days of symptoms, hmm. and yeah, have met certain criteria. So yeah, so then we infuse them with these antibodies that are specific to COVID-19 um, to get them through that kind of scary part of like, should I go to the hospital? Are my symptoms getting so bad that I'm going to be hospitalized? Mm-hmm. And it's been really incredible. Like we're seeing people have, you know, I mean, they have to have mild to moderate symptoms. They can't already be on the path to hospitalization. But like, so it's an hour long infusion. We see patients come in 30 minutes in, like they tell us that they're feeling better. They, they say like, I can wow. breathe. Like, or like one woman had been wheeled in in a wheelchair and walked out afterwards, which sounds like a miracle. It sounds like but, something out of the Bible, know, you know, like, and he saw again. It's, it's so crazy to experience. And like a lot wow. of people like come in, like their lips are blue. They have circumoral mm-hmm. cyanosis. They're hypoxic. And talk and about t- that in breath and exposure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah, then after this infusion, they can breathe. And, so and it's feel, one infusion. How does it work with one time dose? Yep. It's an hour long infusion. And then they're monitored for an hour afterward. Okay. And it just helps, like I said, get them through that scary phase of, like, am I going to be hospitalized? And yeah. it's interesting because we're reporting all this data to um, HHS. 
which and is the Federal Health and Human Services. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Um, no, <laughs> thank you for catching that. Um, and yeah, the only we've only seen one adverse effect where a patient was just too far gone into his symptoms and he did end up hospitalized, but okay. it, it's kept everyone else out of the hospital. So, and how many people have used have you kind of taken through it personally and and for LA like what are the so, numbers like that have gone through it so far? Initially, they gave us 150 doses and they were just going to trial it in this pilot. And then they realized, you know, LA is the epicenter of this pandemic right now. Yeah. Um, they kind of like phased out the other cities and shipped all their doses to us. Wow. So what I thought was going to be just like And you're this leading short, all of this. Yeah, what I thought was going to be a short project yeah, just has turned into like a huge undertaking. We've infused, like we get like 200 patients a day that we have to sift through. Um, and yeah, I think we've infused like over 800 so far. What's the most challenging part of monitoring this, both for you personally, you know, mm -hmm. sitting with someone and, you know, the heaviness of emotionally you're supporting them, right? Like there's like got to be some kind of ex exhaustion that goes through there, but also um, in terms of like keeping, you know, your troops or, or keeping everyone organized and collecting feedback and information, and, you know, what has that been like? Yeah, it's been heavy really heavy. Um, I think some of the most difficult situations I've been in, um, in the beginning, like, you know, before this was organized and suddenly like we're getting inundated with hundreds of patients a day, like how do we differentiate from someone who like, say we have two patients, they're both 85 years old. They're both, you know, have like lung disease. I was they're both, ask, how do you choose yeah, who they're gets both first, on like or... day eight of mm -hmm. symptoms. Like, that's been really devastating to me to have to choose. Like, who am I to choose? And and we have to. We don't have like the nursing capacity to help every single patient that we get. So like, there are some that don't meet criteria, and that's one conversation. But another is to just be like, I'm so sorry, we don't have a nurse available to see you. And these patients, like, COVID-19 is such an emotional diagnosis. We've mm. been inundated with information that this is scary and it is so when they hear that news like it's that's almost just, worse than the symptoms yeah I, I don't want to generalize but it could you know yeah. it's it's maybe just as significant as like how horrible some of the symptoms are it's crushing but like, I do just want to kind of point out real quick you know for everyone too and just kind of like spotlight on you is you know the whole premise behind doing something difficult where there isn't necessarily like a correct path or even a path that's like laid you know forward for you of here's how to choose the right thing and like oh i just follow the formula right mm -hmm. is that like you're you're not only like courageous enough but you're like actually taking the steps to make a choice even when it's really challenging and there are going to be concessions, you know, to like move forward. And this is the whole deuce racing thing, like stick your neck out and do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, not to get all like woo woo, but there's, there's some great quote, uh, about, you know, you want to be like in the arena because anybody can criticize anyone else who's like doing something, but you're actually doing it. And we need people like you doing it because otherwise none of it gets, none of it gets done. Right. So that's like, you know, super awesome. I want to know um, what it's like working with so many other people, though. You said, what is it, 800, mm -hmm. 900 already? So what do you have to do after administering this, you know, 
antibody mm-hmm. whatever like i i my jargon is so wrong so yeah, i don't i don't know how to say it properly <laughs> but like what are you looking for yourself and everyone that you're working with to kind of like report back after this is like been administered so we're asking about side effects um kind of how the patients are feeling they're monitored for an hour afterwards just to make sure there's nothing serious happening like an anaphylactic reaction which what does that look like are they like a blip on your screen or like are they they're with someone there's like so i'm not physically there since i'm kind of leading it but we have like a have a really excellent team and the nurses who are in the home with the patient because we're infusing them at home so that we're not exposing them to other people um and so they just hang out with them (laughs) for an hour at their house make sure that they look okay um yeah, going back to what you said about being in the arena, um, first of all, thank you for saying that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a huge now compliment. I'm like, I've said this quote so many times. Brene Brown said it. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, is it Theodore Roosevelt? I don't know who the hell said it. Whoever figured that, but yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And I think that that's honestly one of the greatest lessons I learned from being at Deuce. Like, we have a controlled setting where suddenly we can put ourselves out there. I like, try mm-hmm. something scary or try something we've never done before and apply it to our day-to-day life. And like, there's some serious magic that happens out there in that yard. Totally. You'll be going through it. Like you're going through a terrible workout. You think you're dying. You think you're going to either A, die, B, <laughs> pass out, murder someone or D <laughs> cry <It's a> <laughs> like, yeah yeah and like maybe instead of doing all those things like you realize like I just need to take a breath I need to calm down for a second mm. and so you do you take a breath and then you take another and another and suddenly you're, you're like getting okay. through it yeah totally and I think <laughs> like taking that into my life it's like especially in this role like because it's so emotional and tensions are running high like I have the luxury of taking a step back and taking a breath through my nose. Thank you, Kimmy. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. And like, and react, or excuse me, and responding to a situation rather than reacting and knowing how to navigate it thoughtfully and successfully. So I'm just so grateful that we can practice that every single day in this gym where we're under a different type of stress, but it's stress nonetheless. Totally. And you learn how to cope with it. But how cool, though, that you're, um, you step in to do so, you know, with that, like, awareness and that intention, too. You know, mm-hmm. you're not just here to, like, boot camp, just, ah, just <laughs> crush me. I don't want to feel anything. I mean, also you know? that. <laughs> also, also that. But I, I also want to um, talk about, you know, I'm curious what it's like to kind of pivot back and forth between, and this relates maybe a little bit to breath and exposure. Mm-hmm. And you did take the seminar. I Very did. cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, like, when you're choosing how to be you know in any situation of like how you react to it and and really when I say like how you react to it like what mood what state are you bringing to that it's this like pivoting between this hyper focus and like okay I'm going to be with you or myself or whatever right now Mm -hmm. and super like vigilant and kind of blocking out filtering a lot else going on and then other times if if you're only living there like that's not helpful either so you kind of have to like seesaw back and forth to okay can i zoom out can i take a breath can i take in like a larger um you know frame with my vision and try to like be a little more parasympathetic and so i'm just curious is there anything that you do specifically um in between patients or when you're sitting at a computer for freaking 12 hours in a row like how do you keep going for 12 hours or is it kind of like you just like you know sit down and you 
12 hours later like oh i guess i made it or is there anything <laughs> that you intentionally do um as you're going from like session to session yeah that's a really good question um I kind of do a little of everything you just mentioned where like, you know, I'm, I'm hyper-focusing on my patients. I want to empathize with them or with their prescribers who are also like, you know, yelling at me from all ends, like saying, please see my patient <laughs> type of thing. Um, so I'm there for them. I want to be present for that at the same time. Um, you know, keep that kind of wider lens because I can't like let myself feel everything everyone's feeling. Um, yeah. I, Do you I have any not, bad so examples <laughs> of that, like how that um, did happen? Yeah. I think the first couple of patients, you know, we're still trying to figure out the process and I want to help everyone and I'm so excited to help. <laughs> like that's all I'm thinking. And yeah. Um, and this opportunity, I've been waiting months yes, for this. I I'm like, more. we're going to yeah. make an impactful difference and I'm so excited. Um, and then I had a patient that I thought like, awesome. Like this patient's on like day eight of symptoms. We're going to get them seen on Monday, which will be day 10, which is like the cutoff. And I was like, yes, like we got this person in. So I call him and I'm like, so excited. Like, dude, like you're going to be seen on Monday. And he just loses it. He loses his mind. He's like, I, my heart is only working at 30%. How dare you not squeeze me in until Monday? I'm going to die before Monday. <laughs> it's this like, like unloading on yes you. and, and you i like, am oh, suddenly okay. deflated like oh okay <laughs> like so i'm trying to navigate this conversation with him anyway it's things like that where i can't just let myself feel everything they're feeling in this case the gentleman was exaggerating he was scared um i was able to get him in earlier and called him back and we had a great conversation he you know was crying at this point he's very grateful and happy and like, imagine if I fed into every emotion that he fed me. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it was a lot. There was a lot of anger. There was, like, resentment. There was tearful happiness. There was gratitude. Like, it was a journey. <laughs> and it sounds like kind of and, out of necessity. You yeah. were like, I can't take all this on. Exactly. Yeah. Like, at first, I was I was devastated, too. Like, oh, my gosh, he's going to die. We need to get him in sooner. And then I had to take a step back, like, okay, if he's going to die, like he needs to go to the hospital. This is not a life-saving drug by any means. Like this can get you through a lot and help you, you know, get through COVID-19. But like, if it's an urgent situation, like you need to go to the emergency room. Um, so I don't know that I answered your question. I feel like I just talked in a circle, no. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just recognizing when it's important to empathize with the patient and mm -hmm. feel what they're feeling um, in the times that, you know, I have to deliver bad news, but also to recognize like when, you know, sometimes people's emotions are not my own and to help them how I can, but also accept that like I can't help everybody and mm -hmm. that's not my responsibility. And it sounds like, um, shout out to Logan, Sunday service, empathy with partner workouts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we practice that with our synchronized up-downs. right. <laughs> um, no, this is, this is really profound stuff. And I'm, I'm so glad we're like talking about this and sharing this because it just goes to show everyone that, um, we train, you know, at Deuce and on purpose and it is stress to our body. And also there's this big world out there and maybe Deuce racing is like training in a strength and conditioning competition for sure. But also you're demonstrating this incredible fitness you know, to like navigate life and interpersonal communication and stressful situations, let alone during a pandemic. 
and how cool and like you know i just want everyone to tip their hat and like let's clap for justine and and i also want to know just to kind of like wrap it up um maybe some kind of like overarching things like uh what does it all boil down to and so one thing i want to ask you is um what drives you and i you can be as specific to training and then also work or just in general um but i'm really curious for someone like yourself who's just been go 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 during the most stressful time in our lives um like what keeps you going i think there are a lot of things that keep me going for one it's the people around me i feel really inspired by this entire community um you know in the beginning of the pandemic they asked me to work from home again just to reduce exposure and I'm grateful for that but I think too it gave us a lot of time to be introspective and to self-analyze and I've always known that I'm an extrovert but I've never had this situation happen where I don't have opportunities to recharge in groups or in social settings and suddenly like that was stripped away from me so for the many months that we were in total lockdown I I didn't even recognize that I was slowly slipping into a very depressive state because I didn't have anyone around me to socialize with. Totally. Like Zoom play dates are not for me. <laughs> like they, I'm, I'm grateful that they're that they exist, but like it's not the same yeah. form of re-energizing that I need. And so when I first joined the gym, I distinctly remember that first day that I walked through the gates got my temperature taken. It was a Monday at noon and I made eye contact with someone taking class and they smiled at me. And I was like, a human being just smiled at me. (laughs) Like they didn't cross the street when they saw me coming. Like I feel human again. And suddenly like I felt my energy levels coming back up. And as I kept going, I made friends and I I didn't realize like how low I felt before I joined this gym and I owe so much to the coaches and to the community for lifting me out of that. Um, I think that there's a lot to be said for obviously the physical benefits of working out, but Mm -hmm. for me, what's been most imperative and most significant are the mental health benefits that I've experienced. So a huge, huge thank you to everyone at Deuce because Aww. without you guys, I would have been a wreck. <laughs> like, let me get the Kleenex out. Oh. I truly mean it. I, I'm so grateful to know everyone there. They've made such a huge uh-huh. impact on my life. I love getting to know them and like what a privilege it is to get to know them and to be surrounded by them every morning. I think everyone is probably just holding their hand to their heart right now. It's so sweet. <laughs> and also to give credit back to you of um, you do get out of it what you put into it too. And so showing up in the space and you yourself showing up with a smile is like, you know, you're contributing to what makes our community so special. And we appreciate that about you. And, you know, all the people that you're working with are so lucky, you know, to be working with you. And it's really cool. And we're all proud of you for doing what you're doing. (laughs) And, um, and I guess the last question, um, that I have for you, you know, from all of this here is from everything that you've learned and continue to learn from this experience, just, you know, casually running (laughs) a a trial, you know, or this like very important testing Mm -hmm. during a pandemic, 
uh, at the epicenter of like COVID. You know, it's like all this and, you know, joining this new community and being at Deuce um, of where do you go from here? Where are you looking to? And maybe you're not even looking too far ahead and, and that's okay too. But do you have anything in your mind of like, mm, knowing that I've gotten through this, I think this is the next step or I'm curious about this. I think I never know where I'll end up and that's kind of the beauty of life. Like you can plan all you want, but like never once in my life did I think I'd be here where I am, like leading this huge pilot with national recognition. Like it's insane. Um, I think the key is just being open-minded. Um, I'm I try to stay curious. I love to learn. Um, so just learning about everything as much as I can. <laughs> and yeah, I think, I mean, I just said it, but being open is really the key. So I'm open to new opportunities, things that excite me. I'm just like excited to help people in any capacity that I can. And I look forward to seeing what that will be. Yeah. And I guess one more question now that we're on the topic of, training and health and what everyone can do to stay healthy mm-hmm. you know you have a front row seat to taking care of yourself and working with patients um, do you have any recommendations uh, based on you know one what you're doing and also just having a more uh, clear understanding of like what really keeps people healthy right now yeah like what would you encourage people to continue to do or to um, do, maybe, yeah. if, they have, if they're not already doing it. Well, I'm by no means an expert. I think that people can go to you and to Logan and Lacey and Get all the coaches for Go that. to Justine. Um, but my advice would be to find something that you love and do it. Do it as often as possible, whether that's, you know, walking down the street or, like, doing something super intense, like running, like, I don't know, learn how to surf. Do anything. Like, just move. Mm-hmm. Move your body in a way that feels good and... Um, yeah, I think that's really the key is <laughs> just to move. Amazing. Yeah. Simple as that. And maybe move at Deuce because it's more fun. Yes, and it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything you want to you wanna add, share with people? Um, I just, I can't adequately express my gratitude enough to the coaches at Deuce. I think you guys have made such an impact on my life. Um, I'm grateful for all the tools that you give us. Yes, like in our physical movements and how to improve those, but especially in changing our mindset. I love that you guys challenge us to see things from different perspectives and um, just to try new things. And I think it really speaks volumes about the type of individuals that you're trying to shape and develop in this community. And I'm just grateful to be part of it and to be surrounded by these people. So thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Justine, we did it. Oh I was gosh. like, it's just like a conversation <laughs> and we so record nervous. it. It's so wonderful. <laughs> um, thank you again. Thanks.